Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Scary Movie Project. I bet this is not the voice you were expecting to hear when you tuned in today, but it's the one you've got for the next probably like minute and a half. Um, I am Sarah Alipin, and I am your guest announcer today. Um, I'm the host of The Wedding Dish, where we talk about love, life, and a little bit about entrepreneurship. And I'm also the co-host of Laughing with Gingers, um, which is a game. It's a podcast where two feisty redheads with loud laughs play games and spread silliness and joy. And I, you may recognize my voice because I was on the Ginger Snaps episode of The Scary Movie Project. Again, not why I'm here today. And even though I was on that episode, it's not my favorite one. Um, although I did get to scream, she's ovulating. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Got to speed this up. Um, so my favorite episode of the Scary Movie Project is actually one of the OG episodes. Now, of course, I love the Shining episode. I love everything about the way they went into detail about that. I love the Alien episode. So good. Love the details about the scenery being phallic. If you haven't listened to those, you better go back and do it now. And, you know, of course, Jaws, where I actually got to share that one of Tara's trivia pieces with her, and Matt didn't know it, and that feels like a win to me, um, where the Lady of the Dune might have been an extra, um, which is so crazy. And um, Secret Window was so good. Oh, my gosh. They have so many great episodes. Um, If you haven't started listening to them yet, I highly recommend you take some time and go back and do that. Um, So... One of my favorite things about the Scary Movie Project or to do with the Scary Movie Project is when I see they drop an episode, I go back and watch the movie, even if I've watched it before or if it's the first time I'm watching it for the first time. So I like to watch it and then I listen to the the episode right afterward. And there are a couple of reasons I do this. I think it's so much fun to actually have that movie fresh in your mind and then listen to Tara and Matt break down the cinematography, the audio, the moments, everything about it, like the acting. I mean, it's just, it's so brilliant the way that they break it down. And, and it's kind of like you are experiencing the movie completely differently. And I I think watching it in that order is the way to do it. So um, in case you need a pro tip from super fan, Sarah. Um, And my favorite episode is actually Candyman. So this was one of their first episodes. I think it's episode number eight, actually. Um, And it was recorded in 2020. And um, there are a couple of reasons that it's my favorite. First of all, it triggered so many memories from for me from growing up when I listened to them talk about it. And I didn't realize that some of these things were connected to the Candyman movie. So um, growing up in like the 80s and 90s, um, I had an irrational fear of medicine cabinets. Um, And I actually lived in Bethesda, Maryland for a while in an apartment building. And I tested the medicine cabinet thing. You'll find out what it is if you haven't listened to this episode or haven't seen Candyman. Hold tight. Um, But I tested and it was actually true in that building. And that building was built in, I think, the 60s. Um, So I thought that was really fascinating. And then um, the the candy that was wrapped with razors um, in the movie 
we had a, a couple years where the police would have you bring your candy, your Halloween candy, to the police station to get x-rayed to see if there were needles or something in your candy. So crazy. It's like satanic panic, that like weird phases that we've gone through of people panicking about strange things in life. And um, it just brought back so many memories to hear them talk about um, about the actual cinematography and, and the things that maybe I missed when I was watching the movie. Um, I also think they tackle the social commentary that is as relevant today as it was at the time that the book that Candyman was um, based on was written. And um, Tara and Matt do a beautiful, beautiful job of covering this. Um, I have now talked way too long, so I am going to let you enjoy the Candyman episode. Don't say his name in the mirror. Hey friends, this is the Scary Movie Project, the podcast where we talk about, you know it, scary movies. I'm Tara. Hey, and I am Matt. And we dare you to say his name five times. Ooh. I'm not going to say it five times because I'm superstitious, but I'll say it once because we're going to talk about Candyman. Tonight. Oh, we'll be saying it a lot more than five times. Well, in this episode. but we're not gonna we're not gonna say it in sequential order as to <laughs> summon him. So yes, all right. We wanted to wanted to make sure we understood that. I wanted to make sure we all understand this. So, the first time I saw this movie, let me tell you about it. Please. This is this is actually, I believe, the first horror movie I ever saw. Ooh. Wow. I was at a friend's house in 10th grade and we watched this movie and I what well, I hated horror movies back then y'all. We'll talk about it, but I hated horror movies when I was young. Um I was so scared of them. Shame. And so after we watched it, one of the guys went in the mirror and said <laughs> Candyman five times. I love it. And I walked out the front door of that house and refused to go back for 2 <laughs> hours. So we, everybody else followed me out trying to get me to go back. And we spent two hours just wandering around my friend's neighborhood because I was too chicken to go back in the house after somebody said his name in the mirror. You know what? That is a good, that is a good, that is a good story about that. I like that a lot. Oh my God. I was, I was so scared and I was, I was just such a chicken. Oh. No, that's okay. And that, that's oh. one of the things I, I love to hear great stories about movies like that. That's, that's awesome. Uh, but now I love this movie. Oh, I yeah. absolutely adore this movie. Yep, it is great. Yeah, you love it too. I do. Good. I do. I you know what I Good. do, and it's got there's a lot. There's a lot to like about it, and we can we can obviously talk about that later on. But there's there's absolutely. just many different things involved in it that I really enjoy. Yeah, very much. All right, so shall we just go straight into it? Let's do. Please let's. So. First, let's talk about that opening with the bees. Oh my. God. God. So basically, just the whole part about it, really, because you're talking about the incredible shot, which is just that overhead drone-like, you know, shot that just is completely symmetrical as it follows downtown Chicago, and we see the credits roll, mm -hmm. right? And that score, that music in this movie is, oh, it's so good. Oh, so those shots, 
they were able to do those with a, a newish technology. I can't remember exactly what it was called. Yeah, 1992, actually, they were using a drone. I don't know what they were using. but No, it, it was. I think it was done in a helicopter, but they yeah, were able sure. to remove the shadow of oh, the helicopter. Very nice. Which they hadn't been able to do before. That's so awesome. pretty cool. Very cool, um, yes. So so first we go into the sort of the the opening story, the urban legend reenactment mm. um, with the the young woman who the bad boy comes to her house while she's babysitting yeah, right. and she makes him do the Candyman thing with her. Ooh, and he only says it four times and she says it the fifth time and gets horribly murdered. Oh yeah. But, the blood coming down from the ceiling is great. Well, the best part about this though, is that uh, it has the worst, the, the guy who plays the bad boy is like the worst, worst option for a bad boy ever i can't imagine how he got cast yeah i don't he was kind of just a nobody right well actually at that time he may have been but he was ted Raimi, who was in um hercules and xena warrior princess right? as joxer so he okay. had a big part on both of those and huh. then he had a bunch of other like geeky geek show roles and stuff okay um he's fantastic really he's but he's he's comedic like he's not this like well the ooh, bad boy right but that role is just so short i don't know you know but i guess it's okay yeah right? i guess it just made me laugh when i saw him i was like he's such a bad choice for this so i never um i never would have known i mean i i feel like i've seen the character before but the roles are talking it never had any clue he was in any of those shows though okay very cool yeah he's yeah that's that's the little geek connection there okay yeah he is in both of those shows and he also plays there's two he plays his own triplet brothers as well hmm. um so so getting along uh we get out of this and it's being told to helen by a student at the uh university where she is a grad student she and her friend bernadette right. are uh getting freshman students to tell them their urban legends for their research into urban legendary <laughs> Um, and, uh, they tell them the stories and they're sort of, you know, you can tell at the beginning, they're sort of like getting a kick out of it. Oh yeah. Dude, they love them. Cause, um, so, cause they're, they're all told. And she makes that comment when they're in the classroom about, they just seem to keep getting younger because they, everyone they ask, it seems to be like, you know, mid twenties, they're maybe a college age. And it's like these high school kids are almost telling them these stories at this point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they're right. all, they're all like, they keep happening to younger and younger kids right. and, yeah, and so she um that is until they start taking it seriously more when these she's working late on her on their thesis, right? And that black mm -hmm. lady, the the cleaning lady comes mm -hmm. in and tells her that you know, the Candyman story, but that he lives over in the project That's in right. Cabrini Green. That's right. And so she brings her friend who's who's also a cleaning lady there in and they uh tell her the story about a murder that happened they say in cabrini green and was done by Candyman. she says yeah my friend knows all about it and they call she brings her in there and yeah they exactly yeah so this and, is and what of course, sort of and of course the woman says her. the woman at the end which tells a story says but i don't know nothing about it right but right. i don't know nothing about it I, nobody you, really you not, wants to talk you did about not it. hear this from me you did not and we keep getting that in cabrini green where people are like uh, i'm not talking about this to you yep. um so I love this though. She goes and she looks up the story of this murder um, of this woman in Cabrini Green 
and she's looking it up on microfiche, which is like so mm-hmm. old school. Well. And for you youngsters who don't know what microfiche is, it's it's like they would put all these newspapers on these little tiny slides and they could fit all this like text on one little slide and you would have this machine where you would look down, it would be like magnified. I don't know. I, I can't explain it well, but just go look it up if you're a oh, youngster. I, I, don't I, know what I've, that means. I've, I've, I've definitely used it in the past. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, we're old enough to have used it. I'm not sure every one of our five <laughs> listeners is old enough well, to have used it. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that was, you know, this was what? Um, 1992. 92, I yeah, think. 92. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so after, after she looks this up, she's, talking to Bernadette in her apartment and they're talking about their, their study. And she tells Bernadette that her, she found out her apartment was originally built to be a project yep. um, like Cabrini green. And so she shows her how she tells her it's all, you know, concrete under here. They just plastered over it. And she shows her how she can take the medicine cabinet off her wall. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing in between the back of her medicine cabinet and the back of the medicine cabinet on the other side for the neighbors. That's right. So, because in the, in the story that she had been told by the cleaning ladies, he crawls through a hole in the wall to get to the woman's apartment and kill her. And so she's thinking this could be the hole that he used. Which by the um, way, I think is an actual true story and now we're talking about urban legend stuff but i think there really was a story of i don't know if it was actually in cabrini green or another somewhere else where someone was murdered by somebody i think literally climbing through like a medicine cabinet or something that wasn't put in right and they were able to get into someone's apartment i I think that actually that's so creepy that's That's so terrible yeah but you know one thing this shows and we'll talk about this more afterwards but this shows really how they they portray this um, difference in the lives of these upper class white people and Bernadette who is black but she's she's more mm-hmm. upper class as well and these poor black people in the projects but this kind of shows how underneath they're all the same sure right the buildings are the same underneath the yep. people are the same yep. underneath well they're they're, um, they're basically it's just that gloss <laughs> and it's interesting if you look at you know. They're separated, you know, by a highway. That's the you know mm-hmm. actual border they built, so they could actually separate right. these people. And you know, the building might be the same, but look, she's up on a high rise too. She's looking down at them. They're just little little things like that that kind of point out how it's it's made to look like you're better than these people. You know? Yeah, it's made to really show mm-hmm. that that attitude that that white people had, mm-hmm. and and still some have sure. towards black people. Sure. Um, and so they go into the, they put the mirror back up and they say Candyman in the mirror and Bernadette stops after the first one. So only <laughs> Helen does the fifth one, right. of course. Um, and then they giggle and they laugh and they think it's so funny. Of course. Because nobody shows up, of course. No. So they think it's hilarious. That's right. And, um, and then Helen wants to go to the projects and get more research on Candyman. So they can like make a better thesis. And Bernadette's like not really a fan of this idea, but she goes with her. Now, did we talk about yet? Did we get to? No, you know, I'm sorry. I'm interrupting you. Go ahead. Keep going. Nope. That's okay. So she goes with her. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, and Helen is like taking pictures of the graffiti. She's so touristy. She's acting like she's freaking 
on safari instead of in people's homes. Kind of. She's like, this is so great. I'm, oh God. She it's, I, I like hate her in that moment. I'm like, you're just, she's such just, a, she's in her, she's just, she's just doing her thing. Yeah. You're, you're just such an out of touch. Ugh, like she's doing her thing. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just, she's just, you know, Oh, look at all this graffiti on these people's outside these people's walls mm-hmm. and whatever. And she's just, uh, Anyway, so they go into the abandoned apartment where the murder happened, and they're looking around. It's all dark. What was the woman's name who was killed? Ruthie Jean, right? Ruthie Jean, you're right. Yes. So they go to Ruthie Jean's apartment. Um, They're looking around in it, and they find they go into the bathroom. They find it's the same like layout. They go into the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Helen crawls through the little hole where the where the um, mirrors are, and the whole she gets in the next apartment and she gets more photos there she wants to take more photos and then she crawls through a bigger hole that's a graffitied big huge head and the hole is the mouth Mm -hmm, yeah and you know you don't really know this yet but it's candy man's Right. And she doesn't notice um, until she walks in a little bit further to actually be able to right to see she it turns around she's like whoa yeah yeah and um really and cool. she finds she finds on the floor a pile of candies um and they're wrapped with razor blades they sure are on the floor yeah <laughs> and so then one of the one of the fears of, of children in the 80s parents had, oh my yeah. gosh yes such an 80s fear razor blades. um Oh my God. See, we deal with our fears in horror movies, that's right. right? That's right. Even if it's just razor blades in apples and Halloween candy. Yep. Um, so they, she runs out of film. They leave. She tells Bernadette, we're going to have to come back because I need to get more pictures. And as they're leaving. She's like, no, hell no, we're not. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I don't think so. As they're leaving, a woman who lives there, this is Anne Marie, we'll Anne find Marie, out, confronts right. them. Yes. And they tell her they're doing a study. And she's, she talks to them and, you know, brings them in. But she, one of the things she says that I thought was interesting, she says, you know, we ain't all like them assholes downstairs, you know? Right, right. So again, they're, they're pointing out that sort of these white people and, and upper class people don't really have the right idea about what these people's lives are. Um, but Amory tells them more about the murder. Um, she heard it. She heard the murder happening. Yes. She says, um, and she's got a little baby. Mm-hmm. So, and she's clearly, you know, she's clearly a single mother, um, at least at this point, and is trying to raise her her kid. And, you know, and she's doing the she's best she can. A, yeah, a regular, like good person doing her best. Um, so then the next scene, we're at dinner um, with a couple other professors and Helen and Bernadette and Helen's husband. Her husband, by the way, we've already met him briefly. He's a professor at the university. He is such a dick. Yeah, thank you. Okay. I was looking for the right word. He's oh he's pretty bad. Oh my god. He's such a dick. <laughs> he's pretty bad. But so at this dinner, there's another professor who has done research on Candyman. Mm-hmm. And uh Helen, you know, sort of baldly says, Well, we're gonna blow you out of the water. Right. And he's like, Oh, so do you know he's British? By yeah, the way. he he he's he he's a bit of a uh, he's, he's a he's poncy. pretty snooty too. Yeah, he says. So do you know the original story? And they're sort of like, what? And right, he tells no them. Yeah. So he tells them the origin story, um, 
a young, well-to-do black man who is either the son or the grandson, I can't remember which, of a, of uh, a freed son, slave. Son of a slave, I'm pretty sure. Okay, of a freed slave. And his father, once freed, did really well. So he's he's well-to-do. He's got money. He's an artist now for other, for other upper-class mm-hmm. people. And he paints a portrait of this young white girl, and they fall in love, and he gets her pregnant. And her parents don't like that. So mm, her nope. father has some men attack him um, and they replace his painting hand with a hook and then they like cover him in honey. So a bunch of bees will come after him and sting him. And then finally they burn him to death. All yeah, it's a because he had that. the because he had the audacity to fall in love with a white woman, That's which right. we know, unfortunately, things like that happened back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is. And of course, this all happened on the site where Cabrini Green was built. And this, yeah, and this all happened where Cabrini Green was built. Um, so we learn that story. And you see Helen, like, is obviously very affected by this story. Mm-hmm. So I think she's already starting to get a little pulled in in more of a real way rather than just the, like, sort of laughing at these silly urban legends. Right. Um, so she goes back to Cabrini Green. And this time she meets this little boy, Jake, who, oh my God, that kid is so yeah, cute. <laughs> oh, and he's good. He's, he's, he's a good little good. actor. He's good. I love him. Okay. We love Jake guys. We oh, love yeah. Jake. He's, he's so great. cute. Oh, so she talks to him and, um, and you know, at first he thinks she's a cop and he's nervous to talk to her. She assures him she's not a cop. And there's this, this scene where she first meets him. They're like sitting on the edge of like where there's a, an open open wall and it's like grating the grating is so perfect if you, that lighting oh you guys yeah, check so, that lighting and, out in that scene it's a cool interesting thing you're talking about when they're inside like the hallway right yeah when they're in the hallway so mm-hmm. they used to have these open galleries at cabrini green I, I don't know why i've researched so much about this but i have um and they used to have these I know open why. they had they used to have these open galleries but people would throw trash and all kinds of crap through them so they had to close them off and fence them up. So that helped. Well, it didn't help. It, it added to the like notorious and you know terrible look of the place. So that's kind of interesting. Okay, so that's why they have that grating there. It's like mm-hmm. sort of a little decorative, but it makes this great shadow on their faces. Oh, yeah. It's really, that it's just great. really good for the scene. Yeah. So Jake um, shows her where Candyman lives. He takes her back outside. And he shows her this small public restroom outside of their projects by like a little a little um park, a little play area. Yep. And oh my god, the bathroom is disgusting. She goes uh, inside. Yeah, the uh the worst bathroom I ever went into was uh, the train state the Bucharest train station in Romania. And that was ooh. the most disgusting bathroom I've ever been in in my entire life. But I'm gonna guess the one in this movie might be worse. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty gross. Yeah. And so the kid has Jake has told her the story of this young boy who gets killed in the bathroom. And well, he doesn't um, necessarily get killed. He gets Well, that's true. It's he, actually kind of worse. Right. You're right. He doesn't die. He has his tackle removed yeah. forcibly with a blade. Yeah. Um yep. and uh flushed down the last toilet, the toilet in the last stall. Mm-hmm. So she goes into the public restroom to get I don't know pictures for the story, I guess, and oh, stuff. Yeah. And that's. I think this is where she first sees the writing "Sweets for the Sweet." Sweets, sweets to, the, to sweet. the sweet. That's right. Sweets to the sweet. Sweets to the sweet. Um, I love that. And so she looks in each toilet, and it's it's creepy and 
tension is high and then she kicks the last one open and there's an arrow pointing down to the toilet and it's closed. It's the only one that's closed. She opens it and all these bees start coming yeah. out. She has to slam it back closed real quick. Yeah. Yeah. And then this these guys come in, I guess, a gang. And I love that and, line. I hear you're looking for Candyman, bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear you're looking for Candyman, bitch. Well, you found him. And he pulls Boom, out. He's, he he's holding a hook. Hits her with. And he busts and, her upside and, the head. And they don't hold back on showing that shot either. They bust her in the face and they show it on camera. No, and I was surprised she didn't look worse after because they oh, beat the ever-living crap her out of her. Oh, man. When they show her eye. I mean, you figure she got to have her orbital broken. Um, you know, and God yeah. knows, God knows what else she had. But I mean, oh. But really, man. afterwards, she just has a really bad black eye. Well, and that was the thing that bothered me yeah. in the movie because like a week later, she's like fine. And yeah, you know, she's when just you, fine. When that, when you break something like that, that is a good two months. That's gonna leave whatever. I'm, I know. It's I mean, that's yeah, that's typical with horror movies, though. No, we that's fine. We show the violence, and then we don't always show the the long term effects or even the short term effects. Right. But anyway, that's so fine. she she goes to the cops and um they do a lineup and everything and she identifies the guy mm-hmm. and they tell her oh that guy did the other murders too yeah they, he was sort a, of almost a, a throwaway drug, line he was a drug like, dealer yeah. they've been looking for him for a while whatever right right yeah and he did those other murders and again this is another moment where we see sort of the dichotomy between how the black people in this movie and the white people are treated mm-hmm. these you know a black woman was killed and it well, sounds like they knew he did it. They don't get him. A white woman is beat up, and all of a sudden they're all over. The remember place. that line when she's walking down that that really cool outdoor amphitheater, by the way, which is neat. I want to see that in Chicago. When they're walking down that amphitheater, she's talking to a friend, and she's saying, "You know, I can't believe it. You know, they've been looking for this guy. People get killed. No one does anything. A white woman. She's mm-hmm. talking about herself. A white woman yeah. goes and gets attacked. They go in and shut the place down." Yeah. There you go. And so and so Bernadette right tells her. So Bernadette tells her, Well, I saved most of your photos from the Smash camera. Oh, and her friend was able, yeah, at the photo lab was or whatever was able to, to take yeah, to, to develop. Yeah. Them. And right. she says there's that. already interested in publishing their study. So that's awesome. and that's when she says, Of course there's interest when a white woman is attacked, mm-hmm. but apparently there wasn't much when a black woman was killed. That's right. Um so then Bernadette leaves and um Helen is in the garage. She's going to her car. This is when we get our Helen. first Candyman appearance. That line, Helen. Yeah, and he's calling her name. She's I like, came yeah. for you. Yeah, he is, he is awesome. Oh, so good. And she stands there like she's just pinned she to is the in spot. A trance. And I'll tell you what I learned about that. How about this? She, Both she and the director. Oh, I um, think I know what you're going to mention. Bernard here. Rose. They both say that they took her to a hypnotist. Mm, I heard that. <laughs> yeah. And had him hypnotize her and give uh, the director, Bernard Rose, a key word that he could use to make her go back into that state. Mm, and that's what boom, they did like every that. time yeah. she has that like that like zombified look in her eyes and that zoned out thing. I love it when she's with Candyman because they decided that would be more like realistic than screaming, especially because he's this sort of seductive bad guy. He's yeah, not he's supernatural. He's not like this terrifying, gross, horrifying bad guy. He's this powerful, potent, like sexy bad guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
so she just yeah so she just stands there like she's pinned to the spot and he says i came for you mm, right be my victim right i can't do the voice right i have a girl voice no he, um, he's he's got a very distinct uh voice uh, for that oh nobody perfect. can do that voice like he can it's, it's so perfect. good i know um so helen wakes up covered in blood in Anne marie's bathroom yeah crazy and she right <laughs> opens the door and Anne marie's Anne marie's dog she has a, a beautiful rottweiler and the not anymore dog, yeah the dog's head is just outside the bathroom door in a pile of blood oh yeah i mean a pile of blood in a in a pool of blood and Anne marie is screaming over her baby's playpen her baby's empty playpen mm-hmm. blood so everywhere Helen, course, no baby right Helen, of course, saw the saw the knife next to the dog's head and picks it up because she's like freaking out and doesn't right. know what's going right. on. She picks up the knife. So of course the police show up and she's standing there with a knife All in her hand. Bloody with a knife in her hand, white woman standing there. Yeah, right. Yeah, with poor Anne Marie behind her screaming her right. screaming her bloody it lungs. It really out. doesn't look good. <laughs> it does not look good. So they arrest her. Which as well they should, yeah. <laughs> from what they've seen. Yeah. Um, so at, at the point. station at the station they're questioning her and everything and finally she gets permission to call to make a call right she calls her husband and he's not there at 3 a.m yeah exactly people. that's a little odd he's not there at 3 a.m yep, yep i told you this guy's a dick oh yeah um so when she gets back home she pulls out all the photos and she looks at them in a projector and there's one that he shows does sh her. So yeah, he does show up and he bails oh. her out eventually. Yes, right. Oh yeah, he does bail her out. Yeah, yeah he does come so, and get her. So yeah, he does come and get her, but it's like the next morning. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Um, so when they get home, she's looking at the photos on a projector and one of them shows her taking a picture in the mirror and Candyman is behind her. It's the, yeah, the one you remember she had when she were, they were staying there, the two of them were taking photos. Yep. And she plays with it. She changes the focus in it a little bit. And you're not sure yep. what you're seeing at first. And then it's like a 30 second minute long scene. And then finally yeah. she hits the he focus clearer, just right. Clearer. And you see him standing right behind her. And you're like, oh, damn. Uh, <laughs> yeah. mm. That was great. So she goes to the bathroom and she's like kind of freaking out. And she opens the medicine cabinet. Like, I don't know, to get something. And a hook just reaches yeah. through. That, <sighs> that's a good scare. And Candyman is back, right? He He comes after her. He uh, hits her with his hook or something. He like gets it behind her neck. He sticks and... in the back of her neck. Yeah. yeah, and so she she passes out, and he kills Bernadette because Bernadette has just come to see her. She's coming. She's like knocking on the door, and then she finally hears the hears her, and so she comes in, and he kills Bernadette. So now, of course, what does it look like? It looks like she killed her best friend. Yeah. So <laughs> serial killer. So this time, instead of jail, they put her in a mental hospital. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing is, I mean, you know, you look at it from that perspective and what, you know, what else, you know, if you knew someone that did that, you'd probably think the worst also. So. Well, and she keeps trying to say Candyman's doing it. It's him and he's here right. and he did it. Well, and, and then she's nobody. in the mental hospital. And he visits her again and she's screaming and he hovers over her bed. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, yeah, that was cool. It's so good. And then like when the when the orderlies are coming in, you see him like disappear below her bed. Yeah. And she's always and yelling, she he's under the he's, bed, he's under, he's the, under bed. the bed. He's under the bed, he's under the bed. Yeah. And so they give her a sedative. 
A lot. And of the next, the next. You know what they scene. give her? They give her Thorazine, which is what they gave Michael Myers in Halloween. So oh, okay. Well, there take, you go. When you Thorazine. Take, when you take that stuff, you ain't doing nothing. <laughs> is Thorazine the most popular? I don't know. Movie, I, I, I don't uh, know. I just, I just perhaps? know. I just know that from Halloween because they just gave him because I know every line from that movie. That's but awesome. sorry. I know. For, We're gonna have to do that one before too long. Yeah, Thorazine. Um. So. So she meets the doctor now they wheel her in with her like restraints on her arms and everything and they wheel her in to talk to the doctor she finds out that it's been a month yeah, already that was crazy and they've just kept her sedated that yeah. whole time so she didn't even yep. know how long had passed she, she, she assumes it was like a day or so yeah yeah, yep. And the doctor, of course, thinks she's crazy with all this Candyman stuff as well. So she calls Candyman to prove that he's real. He comes up right behind dude and just guts him. I love it. Guts him. Ooh, and, he's then, there, and he just totally well, so rips he, him up. He guts him. And then he he unhooks her restraints. You notice how before he... Before he flies out the window. You notice how he's he's actually... He never actually attacks her, ever. N Candyman. No, he never, no, he never because attacks he her. wants her to willingly <laughs> right. come to him. It's just interesting so, that he's such a, yeah, he's evil, but yeah, he never actually attacks her. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so after he flies backwards out the window. That was cool. Um, that's so cool. It's so cool. Um, with his awesome great coat. Oh, it's yes. amazing. And so so she, he's loosened her. He's taken her restraints off. So, of course, she can't be like, well, look, I'm restrained. I didn't do it. So she climbs out the window and escapes. And when she gets back home, she gets into her house and the walls are being painted pink. With Trevor and his little girlfriend. And her, his, yeah, his little girlfriend who's like. 25. Probably. Oh. Not even. even. Yeah. I probably, don't know. probably 20. Maybe. 21 okay. maybe. We'll just, we'll just go really dirty He's, on that and say she's 20. Well, think about it. If. Yeah, if she's a college student. Helen right. is, if Helen is a grad student well that could be any age that doesn't necessarily mean you're that's 20. true doesn't mean you're 27 or 28 it means you could be 35 you could be 40 anyway yeah yeah it doesn't that's matter. true but she, um she, and she does seem little, more like she's like in her 30s she's his little play toy whatever they're painting yeah. their place pink that's right yeah whatever <clears throat> she's awful we don't like her <laughs> boo boo to her boo. um so she's painting the walls pink and the husband comes out and i love it she says what's the matter yeah are you scared? Right. Scared of something, Trevor? That's a good Yeah, yeah scared of something, Trevor? Good. Oh, it's so good. He's like, what the hell? I mean, you, you could not be more surprised by something than the surprise that guy has by seeing his committed oh wife yeah. busting out and of a she, mental asylum to come so, get him. And let's just think about this. If we want to talk about Love him that. being a dick. She's been in a month. And he's already got his girlfriend moving in and redecorating. Well, you clearly, I mean, obviously, I mean, look, you know, that. He didn't. And she even says to him, she's like, you didn't think I was coming back. Right. But when she's you like, see, come on, as the viewer, you realize he doesn't care about her. He's not in. He's, he's, no. He, he oh, no. It's obvious from the first moment we he's introduced. I mean, they make him a slime bucket oh, yeah. really, really early on. Oh, yeah. So she goes back. Helen goes back to Cabrini Green and the abandoned apartments. And she crawls through the wall again and she finds Candyman there asleep. With the baby too. <laughs> yeah, the baby is over on the side, but he's yeah. laying down asleep and she has grabbed a, a hook from uh, another part of that little apartment that he's in and she stabs him with it yeah. and it doesn't work. Yeah. 
so he monologues at her for a while right. <laughs> about how he, you know, more of the like, come to me. How and, great it would and, be to be, and what does he, what does he say? He's, it's talking um, about being undead. It's amazing um, if you must know to to live, but not to live. Um, yes, yeah, just, I mean it's very poetic. To, and, in, to live in rumors and yeah. and stories, and right. it's yeah, he's it's he's very poetic. Um, I just didn't didn't make note of the whole monologue, but he is. It's a very poetic yeah, monologue. Very you cool. Can, you can watch the movie and listen to it. It's very cool. Um, and then when he finishes monologuing at her bees Lots he opens bees. his coat and bees come out of his chest cavity all of the bees He's in like the world rotting chest cavity yeah. and out of his mouth mm-hmm. and they're all flying at her so he was and paid crazy and scary he, he got what a thousand dollars per sting i heard is that true i don't know i think that was something in the contract that said he would if he was stung he would get a thousand bucks per sting i think extra I, I don't know if it's true. But would whatever. demand at least that much. Yeah, so least. I think he clearly made some more money on that. But yeah, Ugh. anyway. Um. So then, so then the next scene, she wakes up on the altar. He's, yeah. he's that he's laid her onto, and um, she finds that he's written, "It was always you, Helen," on the wall. That's right. And <laughs> the woman in the mural looks like her. That's right. So the woman from the story of how he became Candyman, the she woman the who white he fell woman. in love with. She's the white she-devil. She is the woman. Yeah, she is the woman who he fell in love with. Yeah, that's right. Um, or at least looks just like her. The, the, the re- yes, that's right. So she goes outside and she hears crying. And there's this bonfire in the middle of the courtyard that Jake has told her about earlier in the movie. That's that right. they're building a bonfire for the party, to have a big bonfire says. party. Yeah, for right. a party. I love a good bonfire, by so, the way. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. So she she hears the stolen baby inside and she's crawls inside to try and get the baby. And while she's trying to get the baby, she's still got the hook and she's like using it to pull things aside. Yep. And Jake sees the hook and tells everyone Candyman's in the bonfire. Yep. So they come and they just they pour gas all over it and they light that shit up. Light that sucker up. <laughs> they light it up. And so she's stuck inside with the baby. Yeah. And Candyman appears and Helen tries to get away from him with the baby and she can't. And she finally does. She crawls out without Candyman. She Hair's gets on away. fire. She crawls out. Her head's on fire. She's, I mean, her back's on fire. Her arms are on fire. She's got the baby. She gets out just far enough to give him back to his mom. And Marie's as there. Candyman she, she, is destroyed. She, she'd have given up hope that she'd ever see her, her kid again. Yeah. Yeah. So. so she gives her back the, and she dies. Mm-hmm. And then we're at Helen's funeral and there's like nobody there. It's really sad. That there's... was really sad. But you know what? I mean, you think about what happened to her in those last month oh, or so. Yeah. You'd, you'd wonder. I mean, you, you, you can't say if you would go for someone, but you, you do definitely huh. wonder about what kind of situation who would show up. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I mean, people think she did it. So, you know, why would they? So all that's there is like her husband, his girlfriend, and a couple other people. Yep. Um, And then the people from Cabrini Green show up. They all show up. And they process up to the grave. And Jake is at their front and he throws a hook onto the casket. And that's just such a moment, man, because one, it's like, it's like they're honoring her, but at the same time, it's like they're accusing her. Mm-hmm. Like it's both. And and almost like they're claiming her. Yeah. 
She's like a martyr. Claiming her with Candyman. Yeah. But like she's a martyr, but she's also going to be a boogeyman now, right? For them, like, well, we'll find this out in a moment well, in, the, in the movie. But yeah, she's she. They're claiming her as their own, kind of. Um, so then back home, Trevor is is really depressed, and the the girlfriend is well, you know what? cutting he, up a steak. He sucks, but he he genuinely. I I think that's a moment of genuine. Um, sadness that she's dead. I agree. I agree. I yeah. think he really did love her. I think he. I think he was a jerk, but I think he yeah. really loved her. And by her. the way, that woman that plays the girlfriend, she's a terrible actress. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, she no, stinks. her screaming at the end. Oh, anyways, we'll get there in a second. Mm. We're almost there. But so he goes into the bathroom, sort of. It seems like really just to get away from the girlfriend mm, right. and have some minute alone. I'd want to get away from her too. And he's he's very sad, and he very sadly says, "Helen." Right. And then he says it five times. You're not, and you're not even thinking about it, but yeah, right. <laughs> no, but he's saying it like, oh, Helen, Helen, right. Helen. Like, you know, he's like, he's he's missing her. He's calling out right. to her. But as the audience, you're, you're not sitting there counting the times like, oh, man. Right, right, right. I mean, I was, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I, I don't think <laughs> I've I seen it before. So maybe that's why I okay. was. Fair enough. Um, but so then. Boom, she shows up. Mm-hmm. He turns the light Head off. He turns all... the light off, right? First, doesn't he? I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. He's yeah. about to leave. He turns the light off. She's there. And again, she says, What's the matter? Afraid of something? Scared of something, right. And she just hooks him. And you like, see, she doesn't have the... good and she's, bad. She's holding the hook because Candyman, remember, his hand was, right. was the hook, but she's just holding it in her hand. Yeah, right. she just holds she hooks the crab out of him. Yep. Guts and him. the the young girlfriend comes in and finds him and it. does her stupid scream he's just sitting there dead as dead as could be sitting in the bathtub right yeah. right yeah he's just dead falling into the bathtub so dead. and she of course is still holding the knife that she was cutting the steak with so it's it's pretty clear that she's gonna get she's getting framed fr- for that's this. right so it's like a vicious cycle here yeah. yeah so so is helen going to become the patron saint of women scorned <sighs> Maybe. So that's the thing. Yeah, we don't we don't know, right? Yeah. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, but she's she's definitely become part of the part of the mythos Lore. now. Yes. I think. So that is the end of the movie. It's a good one. So yeah, I mean, we've already talked a little bit about this, but I think this movie is a actually a pretty a pretty interesting look at white people's sort of irrational well not even sort of totally irrational <laughs> yeah. fear of black people yes. um it, we we write movies horror movies about the things that that are humans are afraid of and i think that's the to me that is the deepest that is what the fear in this movie is is white people's stupid fear of black people mm-hmm. um and it's interesting, especially because um, Bernard Rose, the director and, and writer of it, um, based on the book Forbidden by Clive Barker, but the director, writer, director um, is British. Yep. So he's looking at it from this sort of outside the bubble, mm-hmm. which I think let him do a bit more of, a, of an objective telling of the tale yep i think so but at the same time there were some parts that were a little like off i think if you're if you're from the u.s where you're like that's a little stereotyping yeah but it's because i think he hasn't lived it right it's it's interesting to see a different look at it i think yeah 
Yeah, but it's it's a really I think I think it's a very interesting take on racism. Yeah, I think it's there. So you've got the short story by Clive Barker called The Forbidden, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And that is the, the basis of this film. And it's pretty mm-hmm. much, I don't want to say it's everything, but it, but it really is. The, the story is there. The groundwork is there. The characters are there. It's just a different setting. Like you said, I'm not going to ruin that because if you read it, go read it, it's, it's only like 25 pages. It's very short. Well, the thing, the thing that I think we can say is that it is not about white people and black no. people. But it's a, it, but it is in, about it is in London. Yes, so but it, it is, is class in that that setting. It's, it's class, and I think in 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 England that is more of an issue is mm-hmm. class. Definitely, yeah. Whereas so you, in you, America, got, our our issue is racism. Right. So you've you've got you've got that going on. So yeah, they they go and they set it in Cabrini Green. So like I said, I, I've read a lot of stuff, and I've it, that's always been an interesting story to me. Just the whole idea of that place that was supposed to be this great haven of affordable housing for so many people and a lot of it went wrong but a lot of it is also your viewpoint and what you've been told about it there's a lot of misinformation about it there's not a lot of truth with it i've never yeah. been sadly i've never been to chicago which sucks but also i never because cabrini green is torn down the high rises are gone they got rid of it finally it was notoriously bad and as bad as it was though and it's portrayed that they actually shot the movie there and which was mm-hmm. risky and no one died thankfully they went in i mean those that is all in that building that is all really happening there they really did all that stuff and yeah there were drug dealers and yeah there were crime and there were lots of things like that and that's kind of what that story is and that's where remember you know she said her apartment was used to be it was it was a building like that too but they 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 fixed it up she's separated from the highway she's up high she's mm-hmm. fine now that she's a different look at it you know, you got this white woman going to this place where she's not supposed to go. She doesn't belong there. She's not supposed right. to go in there. Of course, right. when you had gangs running that place, they didn't want anyone. Police didn't come in this place back then. They really didn't. But she also, a couple things. And well, one thing, the last thing I'll say about the, about the actual housing complex, as bad as they made it sound like it was, for a lot of people, when they closed it down, it was actually very sad. Because a lot of people, that was home to them. And that was a nice place for them. They had relationships with people. They had stores nearby. They liked living there. It was close to their job. It was not hell on earth for everybody. But because of people that live there, we're told through a narrative that it was the worst place on earth. So you got to look at You got to look at two sides of it. And the movie portrays that, which is the bad part of it, where it's black people living in this hell hole. And this is where this monster lives and he's going to get you. And this white woman shows up. But what she does on the other side, side is the feminine woman part of it is where she's right. She is a stronger woman because these two knucklehead, her husband and the dumbass author, these guys are high and mighty white guys on academics on their high horse. Right. They just talk about this place. She got a camera and went in this place. Right. As much as I love this place, I love to go check out abandoned places too, and I do the same dumb stuff where I sh- I go where I shouldn't go. She's a woman who went in there without anyone by herself and did this. Yeah, she got attacked, but she went further than these two yeah. knuckleheads went. She got to tell the story, and she became part of the story. So yeah, there's you've definitely got the some feminism different- in yes, there. Yeah, she was the stronger one for doing this. And in the end, she is someone who becomes his Candyman's equal and actually surpasses him. You know what I'm saying? Well, I don't know if she surpasses well, him. Maybe not, but <laughs> later, well, we don't know later, 10 years from now. Yeah, we what, don't know. Do they still talk about Candyman, or is Helen Lyle now this spooky character that lives there? Who the heck knows? That's we don't, true, we yeah. Don't know. Now, they made a bunch of sequels, which they actually go back and talk about 
some of the backstory of him. I have mm-hmm. not seen them. I'm not interested in them. I like this as one story because it's based on a little novel by Barker. And I love, you should read his work, by the way. He, his stuff is incredible. It's so good. I mean, Hellraiser is fantastic. But yeah, though, those are the two stories that I see those two pieces in there. I see the, 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 the story of, of what you have been told about a place and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and a, and a, and a myth and an urban legend, if you will, because Caprini Green by itself was an urban legend. A lot. Right. Of right. And you have the story of her being a woman and having the power to do all this and to go through and be stronger than what these other men were not able to do. So those are the two things I like about it. I mean, and, and just technical. I mean, the, the music's incredible. Um, this, well, the music. So uh, we should talk about the music. The music is so good. Philip Glass wrote the music. Right. If you haven't heard it, guys, it is incredible. Ugh. He is. So good. He is one of the foremost contemporary American composers. And his work is considered to be minimalist, but it really kind of defies categorization, to be honest. Um, he has this opera he wrote called Einstein That's on this the- music is like it's it's almost like operatic. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. He wrote this, he wrote this um opera Einstein on the Beach, and literally the music is like people chanting like numbers and th- it's it's really wild and it's, it's i think it's it can send you into a fugue state listening to it it's oh, really I mean, really good every time you know i i've watched the movie a handful of times and every time after i'm done I- i'm humming that music in my head for days uh it's it's, it's yeah and just some of those you know the composite you know the shots overhead at the beginning are so you know anything that's i love symmetry and just all these things it reminds me of stanley kubrick when i just love his stuff is so planned out and every angle and every corner and a lot of this stuff is kind of like that um it has the handheld stuff going on in it which is cool too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but overall this it's very artistic and it, it, it's very and yes, i mean tony todd yes. we said he's amazing he was he was a theater actor he's incredible i mean he's uh, done you know he was born in dc uh i think i may have heard that actually yeah yeah he's a local cool also also can i tell my story about tony todd please <laughs> I met him at a horror con. Oh yeah, well, we, I think we've both, we had and Monster Mania. We both I've, have, I I've think. seen him at Monster Mania many times. Oh yeah, he's the. Best. I saw him at, I think it was at Horror Find, he's awesome. and he was so sweet to me. <laughs> oh, he's the nicest I was guy. There, yep. I was there with the independent film, independent horror movie that I was in, and so we kind of like got to go and buddy up with everybody and talk to them all. And he was so sweet, and he, I told him my story of how much it scared me. Right. The movie scared me when I was a teenager, and he said. He said, come here. And he crooked his finger at me. And I leaned forward voice. and he went. Tara. Yeah, that's that's some nightmare right stuff right there. In my ear. I, I could know. feel his breath on my neck. And guys, I was all over goose pimples. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because um, yeah, I I I he doesn't sound exactly like that, but he has a very deep voice. And even when he talks. You know, if you know the movie, if you stand there, you close your eyes and you'd hear it and you'd think, oh, God, yeah, ooh, that's spooky, right? Yeah, you're, that's Candyman, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, that was, he, oh, he's, he's the nicest guy, too. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, um, there's element, yeah, and I mean, Virginia, what's it, Virginia Madsen? She's Virginia great. Virginia Madsen. She's great. I mean, so she really I is. I have a quick little tidbit about her, too. Okay. I have a little uh, nerd connection here. For anyone who loves Dune, especially oh, yeah. David Lynch's, version of dune crazy david lynch yes awesome david lynch sometimes she plays princess irulan and uh i was gonna ask what else i don't really remember her from anything else to be honest with you than this 
I remember I know she's in lots that. of movies, but yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff. I remember her also from this um this drama sort of dramedy um sideways about like oh, four people in wine country. Heard of the movie. Um so yeah, it's she was actually very different kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like she was supposed to come to a Monster Mania once that I missed. I would love to meet her actually. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, anyway, oh, so one thing we'll, we'll just plug real quick, and I'll point this out because this is almost this is what they call a teaser. Uh, as we know, or as you may not know, the new Candyman remake was supposed to be released in June, but uh. reasons have prevented that. So I think it's going to be in September now. I've heard. So one thing that's very cool, if you watch the trailer, uh, you will probably recognize now that I mentioned this. So like I said, they tore down the high rises, Cabrini Green. But the uh, row houses are still there in Chicago, and they shot the, a lot of the film there. And so in the trailer, you can see a lot of the cuts and a lot of the scenes show the row houses. So they still so, are in the same location, which is very cool. So we'll put that on the website in the show notes. And then also, yeah. um, have you seen the new one, the new uh, teaser trailer with the shadow puppets? I think I have. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. We'll put that in there, too, so you guys so, can see those trailers. Because you should watch the new one, too. Oh, it's going to be I, so good. I At first, when I first heard about it, I was unsure. I usually have the same reaction to remakes. I get mad, then I'm not sure. Then I, I go through like stages of like grief with the kind of thing, and I finally just accept it. Now I'm kind of on board because Jordan Peele makes really awesome stuff. Oh, and Jordan so, Peele's amazing. So he didn't direct this, though. He produces it, so remember that. But he's still the brains behind it, so... Yeah, I can't imagine how it's going to be bad. And what what what's yeah. the word I've heard the description? They say it's a, oh god, what is it? A spiritual remake? Or no, no, a spiritual sequel. A spiritual sequel. I think that's yeah. the word they've used for. It. I don't know what that means. That's perfect. But, but I think it's awesome that they shot a bunch of the footage down in Chicago like that again. I think that's so cool. Um, I think we're going to see some cameos from people from the first movie. Oh yeah, so. for sure. You know, I only hope that it's um, the thing you got to remember. You got to go into it with a blank slate. You can't think of the 1992 movie. You know what I'm saying? You just got to go in, go in and just yeah. watch it. Let it be what it is. That's right. That's right. But, so, yay, that'll be coming out soon. I'm really excited. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, and um, some of the some of the great lines are in that. And a lot of his lines that he says, you know, I, I, I am the I am the writing on the wall. I am the, you know, shadow. Well, by by the street corner or something, I I can't remember them exactly, but those lines he says about him being real but not real, mm-hmm. those are verbatim from the Forbidden. Also. Oh yeah, so that was not. Had, there are a few lines that are straight from. They, the yeah, they short are word. Story. They are word for word. And in case anyone's wondering, sweets to the sweet, I believe that is from Shakespeare at the funeral of Ophelia from is that Macbeth? I don't know, but I think that's where that comes from. That's where they would line sweets uh, to the sweet. Ophelia is in Hamlet. Hamlet. All right. So it's at her funeral, I guess. I think that's where Sweets to the Sweet was originally from. I you know what? I did some Shakespeare and I do not recall that line in that, but I'm, not I'm a, gonna go with you're probably right. I'm not a big Bill Shakespeare fan myself, but <laughs> I I love Shakespeare, but I don't recall that line in there. So uh, yeah, I could be I could be way off. We'll but, go with it. We'll go with I it. I think that's what it's from, because I was kinda and I kind of just like that line, sweets to the sweet. So yeah, but yeah, re- read the forbidden. You know, like I said, it's like twenty five pages. It'll take you like an hour to read it. So yeah. So all right, do we have anything else we need to say? No, just I think I have. Don't go in your mirror and say his name five times anytime don't soon. Don't do it, people. You might be you might be in trouble. 
Don't do it. We need every one of you five listeners. Yes, please. We need you That's all. Right. Okay. That's right. <laughs> so uh, before we go, we'd like to ask you guys, if you enjoyed the podcast, please remember to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever the heck you're listening. So more people can find us. And Hey, now that also includes YouTube. That's right. Um, so you can even review ed, um, episodes there. And uh, don't forget, you can also send us your movie suggestions and any thoughts on the movies we've watched so far or stories about the movies we've watched at thescarymoviepodcast at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you next time. All right. Adios. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.